it sounds to me like a muffled heartbeat. That muffled boom, boom, boom heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and also, same sort of rhythm, I suppose. That very faintly sinister quality. It, it feels like... Not rustling, but it, it feels like the sound of a movement of something in the undergrowth, maybe like a snake, under not leaves, but under sort of a pile of, you know, um, blossoms or fermenting fruit or something like that. I get that just in the, um, it's that movement you just, in the Elizabeth Taylor Cleopatra, when they bring in the, the figs with the asp, you just, there's a close-up when she takes the lid up and there's just a very faint heave in this basket under the figs and that's, it's that's it's the sound of that, that movement. <laughs> that's what I get. I'll just top that up again. This is one called Gardenia Passion my first big immersion in, in selling perfume, in working with perfume. Fairly transitory gardenia tuberose, really soft, velvety sort of thing, rather like a marvellous rug or blanket, something you'd almost crawl into. And, and this is where it starts to meet. When you've been smelling, just to break the um, lovely fresh smell there, you just shake up the coffee beans and we move on to the next scent. Uh, my name's James Craven. I'm described as the perfume archivist at Les Santeurs. And then I write the catalogues and the newsletters. And of course, helping customers every day with selecting their perfume. So I'm a jack of all trades, but immersed in scent. I can remember so many smells from, you know, being two, three, four, infancy. Um, ever so sordid, people look at me as though I'm saying ter something terribly sordid when I say this, but my grandmother, who was a very elegant woman, um, I mean, smoked continuously <laughs> and smoked in the bedroom. Um, but there was this, always this delicious, I thought, it was a very tiny, this delicious smell of, I suppose, a mixture of, of um, face powder, and uh, I can't remember, oh, uh, players, and players. <laughs> and it was the most delicious smell, and it was all mixed up with the uh, smell of uh, well-polished furniture, and that rather marvellous smell. Then I met it later on again at school, that marvellous smell, um, slightly damp old books that always used to remind me of, later on I thought it was like horseradish. And I always used to get the Sunday lunch smell muddled up with the, the smell of the books in my tiny mind, yeah. Got a degree in librarianship, became a librarian. I, 
I suppose because of early connections, um, these horseradishy books, these rich, slightly fox, damp books, I always associate with mythology, history, fairy tales, fantasy. Um, books of poetry, I think, smell slightly, slightly green, slightly whatever the, whatever the type of poetry is, slightly green, slightly grassy for some reason. And then, then novels I always associate with a really, a really uh, um, spanking new, crisp, that strange, almost like new pack, new pack of cigarettes when you open a pack of cigarettes um, of of a novel, a novel, a really shiny, tightly bound, smelling wonderful novel, which is which is one of the reasons why I, I don't think I shall ever get onto these um, what's they called Kindles. Because this, you, you just this, you, this, there's so much missing. There's, there's the colour and the smell and the texture and all the rest of it. And it was right at the beginning of the computers were just beginning to come in, and I thought, what well, have I got myself into? So I went off to Harrods. Took myself after two years of that. I took myself off to Harrods. Got rode rapidly department to department <laughs> through toiletries into perfumery, sort of following my nose, literally. Uh, that was really one of the happiest periods of my life. It was wonderful. Um, it was, it, it, it was, Harrods was very much still as it had been for generations. And it was big and it was glittering, but it wasn't quite as vast and uber as it is now and of course it was filled perfumery particularly was filled with the most extraordinary fascinating delightful eccentric screamingly funny people the older ones had, had mostly been in perfumery in various stores since the 1930s and so they were all walking mines of information <laughs> And I, as soon as my first day in there, I just got so bitten by the whole thing. Over those years, I, I certainly wore everything in that room. And um, that, in the end, led here. This is called Tabac Blonde, blonde tobacco, golden tobacco. But I've picked this one because it was one of the ones um, that, when I first got into that perfumery, really hit me between the eyes. Um, it's very, very warm. It's, it's, a, it's a very hot scent. Sometimes, even, even in the coldest December weather, pre-Christmas, because there's a kind of Christmasiness about it, this will give you, will energize, will mesmerize, give you a bit of heat. Um, and then also, a, a kind of foghorns, foghorns, but foghorns coming through damp, very cold fog. Despite everything I've said about the fire and the Christmas, I don't think this is, it's not a cheerful scent at all. I think it's quite, I think it's exotic and it has a grandeur and it has a wild quality. But I think it's also got really quite a quite a quite a melancholy, quite a going down to the gardens of the dead sort of smell. The I mean, it, it, 
it is the past, but I think it's, I think it was the past when it was made as well. <laughs> I think my main role is to initiate people into the world of perfumery, which sounds terribly pompous, but somewhere there is a perfume for everybody, and often there's many perfumes for an individual. So I have to just provide every caller, ideally, with a thread that I spin out of them, really, to guide them through the labyrinth, to just to give them the confidence. Sometimes all it needs is is just to confirm, actually, what they already know, but don't they, they don't trust themselves. And if I was to give one piece of advice at this stage of my life to people buying scents, it's, it's to simply to trust their instinct, to think about yourself, to think about what you need, what you're looking for in a scent, and then put a whole lot more time aside to just discovering it and letting it happen. It's it, it, absolutely no use saying my car's on a double yellow line and I need my dream perfume now because it's not going to happen and you'll be back and you'll say that wasn't any good. It, it's, it's time and instinct and emotion. It, it's choosing something that excites you and satisfies you. And... You, to do that, I think you really need you need to take responsibility and just be alone with that perfume for a bit and see what's going to happen. And and you, if you do that, you're not going to go far wrong. 